Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 340. No, you're not. It's episode 330. Gosh, darn it. And tonight, yes, we are still on schedule. We are discussing two episodes of Laura Olympus. We are looking at episodes 209, which is available on the Webtoon app for free, and 210, which is only available if you're doing the Fast Pass. But we will give everybody massive spoiler warnings. Um, we're going to have spoiler warnings right now, of course. I mean... Have we ever talked about this and not spoiled all the things? Of course. I mean, it's. I think we've always spoiled everything. We're always assuming everybody is exactly where we are. Yes, or way ahead of us since we're usually so late in doing stuff. But yeah, okay. So jumping right into it, we've got episode 209. And it starts with, it looks like a bit of a flashback. And you actually see Hades looking furious and Thanatos looking just kind of angry and embarrassed and whatever. And he's obviously got a box of his stuff that he's clearing out. And uh, this was when Zeus, excuse me, this is when Hades fired him, obviously, for all of the part that he played in Persephone getting sent to the mortal realm. And I thought it was a memory, but then he starts looking kind of panicked and staring in a mirror and covering over like one of his eyes and then, because I think that was, wasn't he scarred on that side after his fight with Kronos back when they uh, took over, something like that? But I think so. I remember him wearing a bandage over one eye, yes. Yeah, yeah but then he takes his hand away and suddenly it's the, the dark black Kronos eyes. And you mm-hmm. see the words, how did you manage to worm your way in, float in front of the screen. And then suddenly he wakes up and then... Persephone is not next to him in bed and he can't even see a flower petal where she was and he goes to his closet and her clothes aren't there and he's saying was she ever even here at all and then you suddenly you see Persephone like right in his face Hades and that was him waking up so yes it was yeah. he was having a, one of those you know nightmares inside a nightmare oh man and so yeah she said that He'd been having a nightmare and he apologized and wanted to know if he'd woken her up. And she said, no, I was already awake. And she asks him if he wants to talk about it, but she doesn't, she doesn't insist, but she does, I think, a really good job in sort of letting him know, seriously, if you want to talk about this, we can talk about this. Yes, that and also, I think you probably should talk about it without making it mandatory. So this series is all about letting people make their own damn decisions about things and not getting bullied into stuff. Yep, yep. And he ends up deciding he's like, he just really wants to spend the day with her without getting into something that that is that heavy and uncomfortable. So they don't talk about it. Nope. Uh, They go outside and... Hades and Persephone see the wreckage of the underworld and Hades is furious because he doesn't know what Kronos was doing this entire time. And I'm like, well, obviously he wasn't worried about being a ruler. He was just worried about getting power, you know, so he's the very worst kind of person in power is the person who doesn't want any of the responsibility that comes with it. And then Persephone hands Hades a cup of coffee, and it's specifically so that he can do a spit take when he sees the ginormous statue of Persephone that Kronos built when he was trying to get, you know, Persephone to marry him. Yeah, and he is just, I mean, he is enraged at this. And Persephone's kind of blasé. She's like, it's not the first monster I ever had that was into me. And we're all thinking, Apollo. 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 Yep. So Mm -hmm. the next scene is absolutely wonderful. It's delightful. Persephone and Hades use their powers to restore the underworld, and they do it 
by dancing. And it's oh. all just surreal and beautiful and stylized. And you see, you know, Hades's power erupting in all of the buildings and then Persephone's power causing the tree and the vines just to snake around all the buildings and cover everything with petals. So just once again, the, the artist just knocks it out of the park with this sort of thing. Oh, yeah. And one of the commenters said they did a Gomez and Morticia waltz to repair the underworld. I'm like, that's Yay! exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so after all that beautiful scene, we get an abrupt change to Demeter. And Demeter is trying to get a hold of the situation because she is standing in front of, I think it's Daphne and Artemis. Yes. And she's just finding out that, so Cerebus came to the mortal realm and Persephone packed up a bag and walked into the underworld. And everyone's just like, yep, pretty much. So, and that's, but then they leave and it's that abrupt and Demeter Mm -hmm. doesn't know what's going on. And, you know, it's been 10 years that the two of them, Artemis and Daphne, have been away from Olympus, but they're not traumatized and they're not angry and they're not saying, what are you talking about? We want to go home. They're just like, yeah, we're leaving. Daphne says something like, it's been a hoot and a half, but we're going to go back to Olympus. Yep. And then Demeter is like, but, 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 and Artemis is standing in front of her and she says, it's over. Be happy. And I liked that one of the commenters, because I thought that was great. I mean, don't, Demeter's going to freak out no matter what. Don't, it's not your circus, not your monkeys. So, (laughs) but one of the commenters pointed out, it's like Demeter was separated from her daughter for 10 years in God knows where. And it's all like ended. And just to tell someone, be happy. It's like, maybe that's a little simplistic of a response. However, it is still not Artemis's job to look after Demeter. No, and she probably doesn't want to get in amongst the mess that is going to happen with the fact that mm-hmm. Persephone is with Hades. So Demeter is just left on her own, and she looks down at Cerberus, and then she pets him on the head and says, you should probably be getting back to Adonis soon. Let's go pay him a visit. Now, did you feel a little lightening of the weight on your heart when Demeter was actually nice to Cerberus? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Just I was afraid she was going to take out her feelings on the dog. But I guess I sort of forgot that, I mean, Demeter's like a, I don't know, she's an earth goddess, I suppose. And I, I feel like she's got a pretty good attitude towards all non-godlike creatures, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So spoilers for episode 210. We start with Demeter, who's got Cerberus on a lead and got a halter that has little baby ducks on it, which is just adorable. But she's in her whole full power suit with her, you know, hair up in big, glorious goddess mode. And Cerberus is just kind of running forward like a dog would. And she is trying to convince herself that it's not true that Persephone is not in a relationship with Hades. She can't believe that... Persephone would like somebody as awful as Hades is. And she's thinking, well, she said that she was in love with him at the trial. Oh, but she was going through so much poor thing. I'm like, oh, crap. She's going to convince herself that anything that Persephone does to disagree with her is just trauma. Yeah, yeah. And then we abruptly go into what turns out to be a memory. And it was back when, and we'd heard this story before, she was trying to be declared, I believe, queen of the mortal realm, right? Uh-huh. Like, yep. You know, queen of Olympus, queen of the underworld, queen, you know, king of the seas, whatever. She wanted to be queen of the mortal realm, but she needed to have the votes from everybody, from Zeus, 
Poseidon, Hestia, uh, Hades. I think that was it, right? And Hera. Yeah. And Hera, yes, exactly. The, uh, the traitors. Anyway, so she goes in to meet with Zeus. And I like how Zeus is wearing a really 80s speckled kind of shirt and everything. It almost like places us in time. So we're like, ah, oh, this was a long time ago. But she gets there and Zeus is so cheery, but he tells her, I'm sorry, babe, you just didn't get the votes. She's like, who didn't vote for me? And he's like, well, I can't tell you that. But of course, the little piece of paper where everybody voted on is sitting right on the table. She's like, are those the votes? He's like, nope. <laughs> and then there's a knockdown drag out fight that mostly you just hear from her assistant is outside the door going, oh boy. And yeah. Demeter just, you know, obviously wrestles the vote away from him because the next time you see her... It's at the underworld and Hades is trying to struggle through some logistical nightmare that he's dealing with. And Demeter comes in and slaps the votes down. And you see that Hera and Hestia and Poseidon all voted yes, but Hades voted no. And you see Zeus's vote was originally yes, but it's scribbled out to no. And she says, and you bribed Zeus to vote against me. And I was like, did she did she get Zeus to admit that? But I went back and I looked at it. And when they walked into Olympus, you know, uh, Demeter and her assistant looked up and she said, hmm, I guess Zeus is expanding. And there's some construction going on. And the construction equipment says something it's labeled from the underworld. Uh. So obviously, Hades paid for a great big upgrade on Zeus's mansion and made him change his vote. Yeah. And Hades is definitely... You can see why he got a reputation for being kind of cold and arrogant and everything. He is awfully high-handed with her. And he she just demands to know why he didn't want her to be queen of the mortal realm. What the hell? And then he just says, volcanoes. The volcanoes are his, and he doesn't want to let her have them. And that was it. She offers to trade for them, like some shares in the Barley Mother stock or something. And he's like, you have nothing that I want. No, sorry, that's later. He says, no, he's not interested in trading. He says he would rather be the poorest mortal than to let her have the volcanoes. I don't understand where his, I mean, it's obviously, it's not the volcanoes. It's his very personal dislike. I like, listen here, you air horn on legs. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> ouch. Some people have said that it's it's trauma left over from the time that he spent with his mother before he was, you know, eaten by a Kronos. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how that would specifically tie to the volcanoes because that does, I mean, it could be that that's just an excuse, but they do seem to be central to his reason. So I am, yeah. I am kind of wondering. And there is also the idea. We saw the story about how Persephone went nuts and we saw one version of it for months before we ever saw what actually happened or saw it from True. Persephone's point. So we don't know for sure if this is exactly how it happened or just how Demeter's remembering it because she was so disappointed. Yeah. And, you know, she, I mean, he, he just, he throws her out and she looks up at him and there's tears in her eyes. And she said, someday you are going to want something from me and I will do everything in my power to make sure you don't get it. And he just Crap. laughs. He just laughs and says, what could you possibly ever have that I would want? And then we switch back to present day and Hades and Persephone are wandering around the underworld and they are so happy. And they're just having the best time and they're checking out because there's like, with the sort of upgrade to the underworld, there's actually like 
wildlife and trees and a stream and the stream has got warm water going through it and Hades is just looking around and then he's all wide-eyed and she's stripped down to her underwear she's like let's go for a swim he's like I I don't have my swimsuit she's like ah just go swimming in your underwear it's just the same he's like no it's not the same and she's like I don't know I I thought I was here in what was it exactly that she said? I thought I was here with the king of the underworld, not not a not a big um, uh, scaredy cat or something ah, like that. Yeah. And then she just delicately flicks a little drop of water at him, and he stares at her. And then he just jumps right into the water, and you see her go squee. <laughs> <laughs> so while all this is going on, I thought at that moment it's like, oh, this is where Demeter's going to come across him in the water, half naked. No, that's not where I was. You see Demeter, and she's let herself into Hades's place, which I don't know how that happened. Um, but she's just kind of standing there looking around, looking kind of uncomfortable. And the door opens up and it's Hades and Persephone. And they're just, he's tickling her and she's shrieking. And they're just, they call out to the dogs and the dogs all are barking happily and everything. And it's just, it's really, really cute. And then you hear, ahem, and they look up and there's Demeter. And that's where the episode ends. Oh, man. I said, I had texted you right before the episode started. I was like, I just read the Laura Lippis, motherfucker. <laughs> They're going to leave it there, and now it'll be two weeks before we can read any more. Damn it. <gasps> I'm not going to early fast pass it. I'm going to wait. Nope. I'm going to wait the two weeks. But mm-hmm. oh, now, it, it's something that occurred to me that, you know, Demeter letting herself into Hades's mansion. And how exactly did that happen? Well, she had Hades's guard dog with her at the time. So oh. that probably made it easier. Yeah, most likely it did. Also, I don't know who's on security detail right now. I mean, you know, who, who knows what the underworld looks like. His security's been rotten for ages. I mean, mm-hmm. didn't Thetis break into his um, his mansion in order to steal the potted plant that Minth had been turned into? I think so. Yeah, it's uh, that's probably got to change. But I just, I mean, we got to see all these episodes of Persephone and Hades being so happy together. And I'm like, oh my God, what's Demeter going to do? I just, I really feel like that's going to be the trauma of this last season is... Demeter's going to do something that she thinks is protecting her daughter, and it's going to separate them. And at some point, she's going to have to accept that Persephone is a grown-ass adult who can make her own decisions, even if they don't align with what Demeter wants for her. I hope. Oh, God. Now, what I want (laughs) to know, though... Okay, so we saw Artemis and Daphne leaving, uh, leaving the mortal realm, and they were going back to Olympus. Apollo is in Olympus. And the last time that Apollo was around Daphne, he tried to kill her. And that was why she turned, you know, to hibernation. So how do they make sure that he doesn't do anything to her the second that he sees her? And what did Daphne tell Artemis about what happened? What did Daphne tell Thanatos about what happened? Yeah. What did Eros tell everybody about what happens? Apollo shot him with an arrow. (laughs) Well, to be fair, you know, Eros shot him with a bunch of arrows first. True, 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 true. Yeah. After um, What's-Her-Face, Psyche and the guys of a nymph had shot him the first time and mistake. But yeah, I mean, did anybody because sure, Artemis and Daphne were down in the mortal realm mm-hmm. and Apollo was in Olympus. However, I'm pretty sure Eros was in Olympus the whole time. I don't yeah. think he was in the mortal realm. I don't, I don't think, think so. I mean, but we still don't know what happened because mortals aren't allowed in Olympus. 
And Eros wasn't allowed to travel to the mortal realm to see Psyche. So did he somehow get some kind of dispensation where Psyche could stay with him? I don't know. Um, Sharp-eyed commenters pointed out that when Daphne was leaving, right when she's saying, bye-bye, you can actually see like this little face kind of waiting for her outside. And everybody's like, I think that's Thanatos. I think it is too. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little gray face. But I'm like, I don't know where they connected the whole because you know he was on the mortal realm as well. Obviously, I mean Hades threw him out. I guess he probably didn't want to go back to Olympus. So we got a lot of stuff we still need to find out about. Um, is Hera gonna forgive Zeus for everything now that the borders between Olympus and the underworld are finally open? Um, Aphrodite's gotten married and leaving. Um, Aries in the lurch, so we think that it's got to be Hephaestus that she's married to, but we have no idea how that could have happened. They haven't said anything, and Hephaestus did not look like he would be. I mean, I don't, I don't know what his preferences are towards people, gods, whatever. But I just his whole attitude. I can't see him being interested in somebody like Aphrodite. However, she is, you know, the goddess of desire. So maybe she made it worth his while. I don't, I know. don't know. I don't know the original mythology. I think. Um, Yeah, we talked about that. that Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if this is the original mythology or just somebody coming up with a cute idea that the reason why Aphrodite would have gone with Hephaestus instead of all the other gods that were offering her anything that she wanted was because Hephaestus said the magic words, I work nights. So Yeah, (laughs) I seem to remember in the original mythology, it was more something that Zeus arranged to kind of because of... Aphrodite was driving all the other gods crazy, so that's clearly her fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also, I seem to remember that because Hephaestus also has access kind of the same way Hades does to the jewels of the earth. And I think he may have made her some gold, silver thing. I don't know. I should really look that up. But that's all for Laura Olympus. Now I'm going to go look for fan art. But um, Oh, yes. So, uh, Anything else in pop culture that you would like to discuss for this week? Why, yes. Apparently at a big convention uh, this weekend, there were some announcements about Loki Season 2. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm so excited. So all the original cast is returning, and it's going to be very Kang the Conqueror-centric, I think, in the storyline. Nice. I still don't know if we're going to have a situation where uh, Morbius remembers Loki, because he didn't remember him at the end of nope. Season 1. Nope. But I did all think it was interesting. They've got a new character coming in, and it's played by the actor Ki Hui Kwan. I think that's how it's pronounced. And do you know where that actor has been or what he's no. done before? Okay, so he was in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh. Okay. And Nathan was kind of impressed with him because he plays sort of a goofy, but it's also a whole lot of different multiversal stuff. So he also plays a kick ass um, fighter, but then he oh, also nice. plays this very suave businessman. So, guy's got range. But Nathan was looking it up. And he was like, oh, my God, it's Short Round from oh. uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, my God, because the Internet was going crazy all this weekend with pictures of Harrison Ford and Short Round or the actor. I apologize. Um, of reuniting. There's like they're they're giving each other this big hug and they have like very genuine grins on their face. Oh, you know, it is just, so awesome. You know what else he was in? What? He was the little kid, um, uh, uh, the techie kid in The Goonies. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, I knew that. Yeah, oh, okay. He, his star was very high. <laughs> at that point in his life. Yeah, it was very high. I've I've watched a couple of interviews. Apparently, things were really bad for Asian actors back then. And he was he's he talked about it was very hard and his just his career never materialized. But now it finally seems to be coming back, which is great. That's awesome. I'm so excited. You know, I actually heard a tidbit. I was listening to random pop culture podcasts, and they were 
reviewing the Loki season, and they were split down the middle. Some people liked it, some people didn't like it. The people who were more into Marvel culture were certainly more into it. Uh, but apparently, one of the writers on Loki is actually one of the main creators of Rick and Morty. And that's oh, really? Sort of, yeah, that's where you get this like understanding, because Rick and Morty, it's one of the central themes of the show, the idea that there's multiverses all over the place, and you can just bounce in between different places all the time. And so that kind of like embracing that concept is what makes the whole idea of variance, but you gotta, you gotta do it right. And they're definitely doing it right. Oh, yeah, definitely. And well, I just love that you can now do fan art of Loki in absolutely every damn thing. And it's a Loki variant. So I am still I am working on a Loki Starscream variant. And it's been in progress for ages. And it will be done one of these days. Speaking of fan art, have you figured out a theme for this year's Dragonfall drawing challenge? No, I need to look that up because we got like less than two months before that gets started. I'm actually, I'm I'm kind of tempted to see if I can find a fan art one and then just have it be dragon versions of all the different fan arts. So like you know, like Captain America dragon or you know the the Hulk dragon. Oh, man, that would be good. That would be hard, but it that would, be, would good. be really hard. I would definitely be going very cartoony in a lot of stuff just because oh, it'd be so to. tricky to try to get photorealistic dragon um, Spider-Man or whatever. You know, and I I did at one point we kicked around the idea of doing like a Transformers dragon mashup, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, that'd be I don't know. I'd almost want to do like either or, like either participate in a Transformers fan art thing or a dragon one. But the idea of meshing the whole dragons and making them robotic and possibly making them Transformers, I'm like, might be biting off more than I can chew. I think so, because at drawing robots at this point, I don't know, you know, it's it's got, you know, straight lines and, you know, usually boxy and like per- perspective and everything. It should be easier. But drawing anything metallic is so damn hard for me. And really I really is. need to do more of it because I got to learn. But if you want to get any other fan art, if you go to the Twitter page, I'm trying to get into a habit of at least once a week, just going through Twitter and finding either Transformers or Laura Olympus or whatever else we're into and just retweeting a whole bunch of really, because I mean, you know, intellectually that there's a lot of artists around on Twitter, but once you dive down that rabbit hole, there are so many good artists out there. So many amazing artists and it's so much of a better use of your time than like going onto political Twitter or to just people being the most worst, horrible versions of themselves on the internet on Twitter. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I would much rather spend my time around nerd Twitter. Thanks. Yes. Yes. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. I still don't have Alex's photos from Comic-Con yet. I know. <laughs> I mean, he, he does thousands of photos um, all yeah. the damn time. So it oh, must yeah. be tricky to try to get things edited. Yeah, exactly. And it would be one thing if he had gone on the sales floor and taken all these photos because, you know, we got him the passes to get on the sales floor. Honestly, most of the time he likes to take photos outdoors. So yeah, like yeah. So do the, yeah. Yeah. And the, and the cosplay and everything. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure we're going to get those soon, but you can go there and check out and see all the stuff we have so far. And I'm looking to get a couple people into Los Angeles Comic-Con, which Ooh. is coming up in December, I believe. So we'll see. We'll see. So all that and more pixelatedgeek.com. So next week we should have a night. Vale episode, I believe. Yes, indeed. 
Though, actually, next week we may just do, after all this talk of fan art, we may do a fan art post because I believe there may be some traveling going on for the East Coast branch at some point. There could possibly be some traveling to the other side of the country. You never know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're either going to do Laurel Olympus or we're going to do fan art. Um, one of those things because we're specific. <laughs> one way or the other, we will talk to everybody um, in one week, maybe two weeks. <laughs> talk to y'all later. Cerberus. It's Cerberus, isn't it? I can, I can never remember. We, okay, we, we need to start this over because um, it's Cerberus, and I don't okay. want to mess it up because Cerebus is the Dave Sim thing. So. Oh, okay, all right. So um, ask the question about, did you feel a little lightning of your heart? Okay. Hang on a second. Cat, get away. Go, 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 go.